The Museum of Contemporary Art presents Hot Takes, a podcast about art and activism put on by MCA Denver Leadership Program alumni in collaboration with community creatives and activists. The MCA Denver is always free for teens under 18, and we offer a variety of leadership programming yearly, as well as workshops and other ways of getting involved with our community. This podcast was born from the creative minds of teens who are in our alumni offhand program, aka us. This podcast episode is on Black Lives Matter and its intersection with the art world that both Sanyu and Polly, who is not here with us today, put together. We are gathered on the unceded land of the Oglala, Sioux, Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho peoples, the original stewards of this territory. We ask you to join in acknowledging the Oglala, Sioux, Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho community, their elders, both past and present, as well as future generations. The Museum of Contemporary Art Denver also acknowledges that it was founded upon exclusions and erasures of many indigenous peoples, including those on whose land this institution is located. This acknowledgement demonstrates a commitment to beginning the process of working to dismantle the ongoing legacies of settler colonialism. Why are land acknowledgements important? In a museum setting, we are often moving force behind important conversations in society. To begin the work of unraveling the impacts of settler colonialism, a land acknowledgement opens the conversation and begins the act. It is also important to dismantle the myth of the United States story and to acknowledge how the wealth of America was created through the subjugation of indigenous, black, and people of color. Land acknowledgements are also a practice in truth-telling. Though important, they are not the extent of the work any institution should be doing to dismantle the legacies of settler colonialism. So I am Sunyu, a college student studying art history, and I've also worked with the museum for a while, and I'm hosting the podcast today. Polly, who's not here with me today, helped me come up with a lot of the questions and the ideas behind this podcast. Here we have Ashira. Ashira, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Ashira Campbell. Thank you for having me here. I'm really excited about talking about, well, Black lives. That's amazing. Um, Araya, would you like to now introduce yourself? All right. Hi, my name is Araya. I'm honestly, as well, super excited to be here and just talk about the movement because it really does mean a lot to me. Yeah, thank you both for joining us. Um, yeah, I think I would like to really start by talking about how you guys organize these events. Yeah, so would you guys please talk about like um, how you guys organize um, Black Lives Matter protests? And if art even if art plays a role into any of that with the with the murder of George Floyd in 2020, um, that basically like shook the world. Honestly, it you couldn't hide from what had happened. It was horrendous. And at the same time, um, as a black community, this has always been happening with his case. It went viral and it also was in your face. And you couldn't run away from the fact that what had happened to him was just wrong. It was unacceptable and that should have never happened. He should have never lost his life. So with that happening, as you could tell, the whole world was watching, especially the whole world was watching America. And um, since then, um, I've attended protests since May. I remember when I first saw what happened to George Floyd, I was like, this is disgusting. Like just watching it, it's just traumatic. And no one should be watching somebody get murdered. You know, that's nothing that should be acceptable. And um, since then, um, I've been protesting since last May. I've always been into activism prior to that, just in school and like everyday life, honestly. 
So yeah, I've been protesting since last May. I helped lead a school protest um, in, I believe, in June or July for my school district, which which was DSST. And um, fast forwarding to this April, I believe, um, with the killing of Dante Wright, it was honestly just another like traumatic experience again, just knowing what had happened to him and just knowing that another one of our brothers or sisters is murdered. I knew personally I had to get out on the street. I knew I wasn't going to stay silent about it. I was sick to my stomach. Um, so April 17th, I believe, was it April 17th? <laughs> I first led my first protest. Don't quote me on the exact date. But um, I made a flyer and I posted it. And I was like, you know what? We'll see, right? I'm personally not going to stay silent about it. And um, I invited everyone I knew. And I've known Araya for since last year. <laughs> and so she came and I invited her to speak and, you know, chant, all that. Since then, uh, I introduced her to Rahma and we, you know, basically, you know, we got along. And that's when we decided that, well, we wanted to continue to bring the youth out to protest because the movement started to die down. As you can see, people think that our lives are a trend and that's not true. And um, we decided to have a sit-in. Not just because, but unfortunately because of the murder of Makai Bryant. I feel like that's so important um, to do because, yeah, I've really noticed that, you know, over the past year that a lot of the time, you know, people will go and they'll post on Instagram, they'll post on their story. And then, you know, after 24 hours, it's gone and then they forget and they post like themselves like hiking on the flyer and, and as if nothing is happening around them and they feel like the problem doesn't affect them and it's really sad to see yeah Araya, do you have anything to say about like how you got involved and um how you started with uh protesting um yeah so i had originally started um way back when um when like the, a lot of the women's marches and stuff were happening i think i went to my first protest i want to say 2016 2017 and like immediately i fell in love and i actually got the opportunity and I spoke about Lachea Stein, who's someone here just in Colorado who's actually missing. She's a young black female. And they just have been so, they've done her wrong as far as looking for her. They barely look for her. It's a whole nother story that I would rather not get into. But that's when I first started. And then last, it would have been last May. Just right after the murder of George Floyd, I had actually hosted, I want to say the end of May, early June, I had actually hosted a protest at my school. There was actually two that had happened. Um, one, I just happened to do chance there. The second one, I had actually had the opportunity of hosting. And that's when I realized how much like my activism like meant a lot to me. So I just kept going with that. And I kept going to events where I met Ashira. Um, and just got to meet so many other people. And that's where I was like, wow, like, these are my people. And I continued to go because I felt like I was at home. Because, like, at protests, you know, like, it's different from what the cameras show you. Like, the cameras, they'll probably show you, oh, what's happening, the bad, the wrong. But there's so much more to it. And there's so much community within protesting. And, like, you have your set group, just like me, Ashir, and Rafma. We have our little set group, and we plan to sit in, and we have so many other events and stuff in the works, so that's really why I got into it, and just seeing how, like, our protesting, how it changed things, and 
just from our protests, we got no knock warrants banned in Aurora, you know, and I think it's just important that we continue to, you know, protest. And we see that if we do get out there and we're in their hair and we're disturbing things and interrupting, that they're going to do something about it. And if we want change, they're going to make it happen. So we just got to keep getting out there. Yeah, it's so amazing. It's super important. The next question that I wanted to ask is how does art really play a role in the protests that you guys, you know, organize and honestly, like just the movement as a whole? Okay, um, so art, it really does play a big part in it. Um, You see a lot of like murals often at protests and lots of different like art and graffiti, but like it really has a meaning behind it. And I remember... Was it last year, beginning of June, there was a lot of murals, like, downtown, like, based around, like, George Floyd and just Black Lives Matter and all that stuff. And, like, I feel like seeing that just, like, on the wall, like, is very up in your face. We see a lot of art in just in activism, and there's so many different ways of art and expressing yourself throughout protests. So it's definitely something that gets brought up quite often. Also, like, there's photography, there's um, videography, music, as we've seen, like, sometimes bands come out and play, sometimes people sing. Um, Like, I've heard, like, Black women sing the Black National Anthem. It was, it was powerful. Also, like, just seeing the photos and, like, videos, it's just, like, we personally can't take pictures because our focus is on our community and our focus is on getting our message out. But looking back at, like, the videos and photos, it's really just, like, wow, that, that's what it looked like. That's, it's really, it's really powerful. And also chanting. I believe it's a form of art as well. Yeah. I agree. I definitely agree. But I also think art is super important. Yeah, as you said, you know, documenting it because it kind of puts it in this little snapshot, you know, like that gets you emotional and um, makes you, you know, want to act a little bit more um, on what you're um, act a little bit more on what you're seeing um, happening around the country. Um, And that's I feel like for me, why art is so important when it comes to protests. I feel like that's why it's super powerful. So. What is a memory or like just a thought that stands out to you? You know, when you think about like art and protest, um, like what is the significant interaction that you've seen? I would say like from a per- a photographer perspective, since I am into photography, looking back at images that aren't from like back in the day. You know, people like to put a filter on it and put it in black and white to make it look like it was from ages ago. In reality was not. It's our grandparents' movement, you know what I'm saying? Looking back at those photos and just thinking about how some of those historical figures are still alive. Like, for example, Ruby Bridges. You see the photos of her going into school, thinking like, oh, you know, that was how many hundred years ago? No, that wasn't. She's still alive. (laughs) I would say it's, I would say as like an African-American looking at those photos of like my people and the fact that they are displayed as that movement was, you know, so long ago, I find it kind of like not surprising, but disappointed because, you know, America was never for us. It's still not for us. I remember when I was, you know, in elementary school and in history books, they would kind of like make images of the civil rights movement. They would put it in black and white. And I feel like 
for all the kids there, you know, and I was in a majority. I lived in Texas in like a suburb of Houston and um, mostly everyone was like white there. It kind of removed them. It made them feel like removed from the racism that people that are not that much older than them like have been a part of and like racism that they're even a part of. Araya, do you want to say anything about that? Yeah. So for me, just kind of referring back to like the murals and stuff that I had seen, you know, I've seen a lot of like the George Floyd murals and uh, different stuff like that become defaced and like of course I'm angry and I'm like why would you do that you know it's for Black Lives Matter it's for a cause it's for a movement and then I think about it I'm like wow the amount of power that just this piece of art holds to make somebody so angry to where they want to destroy it is so it's honestly so crazy to me because coming from my perspective I'm like wow this is beautiful it needs to be left up but there's people who get so angry about it so it's just it's crazy how powerful like art is and how powerful like when our the black lives matter movement is portrayed through art how people are still angry they're angry at the movement they're angry just about what we're doing and to me it's just it's crazy it's really powerful and it's even hard to kind of put in words if i'm being honest yeah yeah and like i get that and when you create something it's kind of you know you don't feel like it'll make an impact you know like it really has a lot of meaning so ashira you said that you're involved like you know you like photography and you're into photography So how does, like, how has photography really impacted your development um, as an activist? Um, I can give an example. Last year, my mother and I went to Washington, D.C. for protests, where we got to hear a lot of, like, activists speak. And it was also, I want to call it an anniversary, but it was when Dr. King spoke to thousands of people. We were were there. I brought my camera and I was like, you know, I'm going to photograph this time. You know, I can actually do it. One, it was like a culture shock because I saw so many people like from everywhere and like we're in Colorado, you know, and I went to DC, it's my first time. It's like, oh wow, to see like Reverend Al Sharpton speak and like Dr. King's granddaughter there. So many other historical figures and I was photographing them and specifically when George Floyd's um, family got up and spoke and Breonna Taylor's family got up and spoke. I was taking pictures, but at the same time, I was reflecting, like, why are they here speaking right now? I should not be hearing them speaking about their dead loved one and how they haven't received justice. Reflecting back on those photos, I even tried to, like, put it in a different perspective. Oh, maybe let me try a black and white photo. And it just didn't feel right to me. Just seeing it in color and just knowing that that photo is from 2020, not from back in the day, our grandparents or nothing like that. No, it's current day. You know, posting the photo is just like, what? It's just it's just a different feeling of how, like, we know their names. Well, there's names that we don't even know, which is honestly just sad. There's a whole list of names that we don't know. But, like, reflecting on the picture, it's just a different feeling. Yeah, yeah. So what was your relationship with art, like, before you were organizing protests? Okay. <laughs> so, for me... Art was never really something, like, I had an interest in, like, and I didn't really realize how much it played a role in our society. Like, up until I really started to, like, get out and, like, see it in living color, I guess you'd say. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's become something that's, like, a lot more, it draws up a lot more emotion for you now. Yeah, I feel like it used to be, like, a lot, like, easier to just kind of, you know, not pay attention to the art and, like, to murals and stuff and kind of keep it moving. And I feel like as soon as it starts to play an important and something that's important to you like then you start to notice those things a lot more and like feel those things definitely like um referring back to 
those murals. For me, it was like almost emotional because there was one of George Floyd and it had the words that his daughter had said, like, you changed the world. That's just wow. <laughs> I can't even, like, wow. That's all I can say. It was just amazing. And the feeling that it makes you feel like how people recognize what's going on and for somebody to paint that, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's super powerful. So, wait, Araya, wait, what grade are you in? Are you about to go to college? Yes, I just graduated. Are you still going to be um, active within your communities or within, you know, your college communities? So, I actually decided not to go to college. Um, I might potentially go in the future, but if I'm being honest, I'm going to focus a little bit more on my activism right now. Um, I actually work with the NAACP and I work with YASPA. So, that's just kind of where I am right now. My apprenticeship, I kind of put that on hold. And I'm just going to kind of continue with my activism and just working. Because to me, I realize how important it is to be out in the community. And for me, I'd rather be doing, like, the action of doing. People will just post, like, little social media posts or whatever. Their little train, their little black square like they did or whatever. But for me, like, I would rather be on the ground, in person. Also be, I want to get into, like, politics changing these laws because you know we can say oh we want this happen we want this happen and it's even higher than the police people are often like well let's stick on the police and then we're saying these things to the police but it's not them it's the people above them so i want to get into that because that's where the real change happens is in those offices and behind closed doors so yeah that's super amazing though um yeah congrats on graduating and like it's super cool that you know you want to work like that and work in those offices because yeah well you know we need more people like you in those offices is for sure. Ashira, so how is, um, you know, your relationship with activism going to be when um, you go off to college? Oh, nothing's going to change. I'm going to bring my megaphone on campus. <laughs> nothing's going to be different. Even though it's going to be a new setting and I will find that community there, I'm still going to be vocal. <laughs> if something is something I'm not okay with or somebody's not speaking up, I'm going to speak up about it. You know, even when I come back to Colorado, we'll link up. We still going to be on the movement, Oh, yes, you we know? will. <laughs> we sure will. <laughs> yeah. I did say I'm going to go to school for nursing, but I know for sure, like, I'm still going to be involved in the community. I've heard lots of comments of, like, I should become a lawyer thinking about it. Something to think about. But, yeah, nothing's going to change. The only thing that's going to change is different state. Yeah. That's so amazing. <laughs> so do y'all have um, any plans for any events soon? Yeah, we do. Like I said, just to be completely blunt, as you can see, like I said this before, black lives are not quote unquote trending anymore, right? The media likes to filter and pick and choose what they want us to see. And that's why it's important to be in the community and to know what is going on, not what blank news is showing you. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, definitely. We're still going to be out there in the streets. Keep y'all updated. Yeah, that's, that's super amazing. Um, and is there any way that people can um, get updates on what you guys are planning through Instagram or is there like a newsletter? Yeah, they can follow us on our Instagram. Yeah, um, can you let us know your um, Instagram, uh, y'all's Instagram really? My Instagram is a dot A-S-H-I-R-A. So a dot Ashira. And then mine is A-M-O-N-E-T. Zero three. So a money. Thank you so much. Um, Araya, um, is Instagram also the best way to um, get updates on what you guys are planning? Yeah, Instagram is a good place. Yeah, Instagram. 
Is there anything else like Facebook or anything like that? There is Facebook, but it's more or less family, close friends. It's just my first and last name, you know? <laughs> that makes sense. Actually, while we're talking about social media, um, can you guys talk a little bit about how social media has kind of helped? But like, I know it's also harmed. Um, it has its flaws. Um, but can you, first of all, like talk about how it's been helpful for you guys and, and getting what you guys are doing out there? <laughs> I know, like, as far as like our sitting, when we did host that, you know, we had that flyer drawn up and we just posted it. And we were sending it to, like, a lot of people we know. I know a lot of people that I reached out to was via social media. So, like, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, all of that. And social media just really helps. Like, I know I post a lot of my pictures from events and protests that I'm at. Just because I feel like it's important that people see that it's still happening and that the movement is continuing and not just a trend. Social media does really help, like, on that side of things. And I know, like, I reach out to Shira. That's how I, she, like, if there's an event and I didn't know about it, she usually sends me, like, a screenshot of it or something like that. And that's how I usually get to those events and know about them. And that's a big part of our community is just social media, too. It's really important that we continue to share those things, and that's what we do. And that's how we typically hear about our events. That's the best place, honestly. To add on to that, social media can also be toxic. I remember when George Floyd was murdered and, you know, we heard about Breonna Taylor and Elijah McClain and, you know, etc. Every time I would get on Instagram, I would see the video of George Floyd being murdered or I would see the video of Elijah McClain or, you know, all that. And it eventually became toxic and it would affect my mental health. And I'm sure it affected plenty of people's mental health. So I would say definitely be cautious of your usage of social media because it can affect you <laughs> a lot, especially at the time being in school. It was a lot. It really was a lot, let alone just knowing that another one of your people have been murdered and you have to see that each time you go on a social media platform. It's not OK. I'm not saying posting it's not OK. You just have to be cautious of what you post because that is very traumatic to black people. Like kind of what you're saying about that too like with everything with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor like social media almost became like overwhelming because like of course you you hear about what happened you see the videos but then you also have the people who are saying oh well did you know like how they did George Floyd they're like oh did you know he did this that and the third he did this this was in his system whatever else like and it's so frustrating because here you are you're seeing one post you're seeing their death and you're just heartbroken and you keep scrolling and then it's oh yeah well did you know that he did that or she did this taking away from like their death and how important their lives are so yeah social media definitely has those flaws to it because you know anybody could post anything and that's the hard part of it yeah yeah definitely and I remember that being like a hard time for me too because yeah everyone is really posting really you know graphic traumatizing videos of people dying and it was really hard for me to like you know I had to delete social media a few times because I was like I can't do this I can't sit here and watch all of this is this is um yeah this is hard another question that I wanted to ask y'all was do you guys have any advice on how people can be more mindful about um what they post and like or how to use social media in a more effective way yeah yeah referring back to the videos of police body cams or whatever the case is I would say don't post that just to be completely honest, just don't post it. I never once posted George Floyd being murdered, and I never will post 
an individual being harmed, terrorized, or murdered in general. It's not okay. And I know some people are trying to do it to amplify it, but that's not the way you amplify it. You amplify it by saying, this is what you can do to prevent this from happening. You know, there are posts of like, you know, here's a GoFundMe to the family. For example, for Dante Wright's funeral, there was a GoFundMe. This is how you can support their family. And this is how you can continue to amplify that. This is not okay, but do not post people being harmed. Right. Yeah. I Adding on to that, it's really important that you don't, if you're gonna post i think it is important that we do post and that you let people know what's going on but i think that should be done like via like a news article like i just feel like there's so many other ways that you can do it instead of posting that person's death and i guess for me like the way that you decide whether you post it or not is think would you want that if it was you would you want it posted kind of make it very personal because you know even though it's very sad and traumatic what happened to a lot of these people, it only got worse when people continued to share it. Because now, like, George Floyd's daughter, that video is forever gonna be out there. And, like, that's hard. Like, she's so young right now, and she's gonna grow up, and every time she looks up her name or her father's name, that video is gonna pop up. And that's a shame. She shouldn't have to live her whole life just being remembered by her father's death. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Another thing that I want to say about social media, um, and this is, like, for, you know, this affected me personally, you know, there were a lot of people that wanted to help, but there were also a lot of people that, you know, you found out um, their positions on things and it was like really hurtful. <laughs> so it would really hurt when, you know, someone would say something, say something really ignorant, really rude, um, you know, about George Floyd's death. And then, um, you know, either share that on social media and like spread it around. And then, you know, people would be like, oh, like, can you believe so-and-so said this and like share it with me again? That was something that was very, very offensive to me. I don't know if y'all, you know, have had like a similar experience, but that was for me something that I could not handle. Yeah, comments are definitely brutal. I also would say, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. Exactly. Just don't. It's not going to, it's not going to do anything to nobody. Like y'all said, it's from a screen, right? Also with this happening, it showed a lot of people's true colors, which is a good thing. Honestly, you see people's mindsets and perspectives of, you know, it's nothing new. They've always felt this way. But I would say Donald, I don't even want to say his full government name. He made it acceptable for people to be racist in America. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, <laughs> we'll say, can't even add that to that. Yeah, just kind of the same things about just definitely the comment sections. Because trust me, I've had my fair share of just looking through comment section, seeing argument. I've had them happen in my own comment section. It's too much. As sure said, if you don't got nothing nice to say, just don't say it at all. Like, just leave it alone. It ain't gonna hurt you. It ain't gonna hurt them. Keep it pushing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so another question that I have um, for you guys is, there are a lot of people who do want to get involved and do want to do something and take action. You know, like they might not have as many resources. So do you guys have any advice for them, for people who want to get involved? Being involved in the movement doesn't always necessarily mean that you're out marching, that you're out protesting. Just by signing petitions, like I said, like if you hear about somebody being killed, murdered, I should say, Continue to share those like news articles and get it out there because even though you might not be able to physically be out protesting, like 
just by doing that, you're still helping towards the cause. But uh, my thing is, if you do get started with the movement and you want to get involved with it, don't stop. Don't let it be performative. Last May and last year and last summer, we've seen so much performative activism that it's frustrating. It really is frustrating to see how performative people became when it became a big deal. And even now, not just with Black Lives Matter movement, but the Stop Asian Hate movement and so many other movements. Like, there's a lot of performative people, so it's important that you're not performative, that you continue to stay involved and if it's something you really get want to get involved in that you continue with that yeah to add on to that I would say it also starts with your own circle and who you communicate with right if you have that racist auntie or their racist dad say something you know don't go back home and you know tolerate bias and negativity and racism you know it's just toxic you know call them out yeah it's gonna be uncomfortable but also think about me and Ryan our black community, we don't get to, you know, have a break. We don't. We never have had a break. So I would say start with yourself and start with your little communities or your circle. Also with what Araya was saying, educate yourself. You don't have to ask a person of color or like a black person, like, what do I need to do? Just think about as a good human being, what should I do to, you know, educate myself and what can I do to like not hurt others? Like if you're posting something, is this going to be positive or negative? Is this just going to add on to the negativity or is it going to encourage somebody? or is it going to amplify change but I definitely encourage people that are cautious or kind of scared about going out on the street just go you know take a buddy with you and feel free to reach out to us for whatever reason we're only 18 you know we've been out here since 17 you know feel free to reach out and remember the media is filtering what they want you to see we're still out here we've experienced all the elements of weather and police brutality it's very powerful you just have to be there right Definitely don't let nothing stop you, whether it's that racist auntie, <laughs> like Ashir was saying, or whether it's just your own fears and your own discomfort. You never know till you get out there. And like I was saying earlier, there's so much community. If you ever happen to see me at an event, like, come up to me, like, talk to me. Like, I'm a very open person and just welcoming person. So I think it's just important that you get out there no matter your age, whatever. I just want to give a shout out to, like, our security, our, like, medics. Over our community in general, you know who you are. Because if I start saying names, I'm going to forget what. I'm like, oh, no. You know who you are. Yeah, shout out to them for bringing us food, to looking out for our safety. Also, shout out to my mom. She's been there since day one as well. Yeah, on the note of, like, organizing um, and getting involved, what do you, what advice do you guys have for people like in smaller communities um, or communities that aren't as, you know, educated about this? Like what advice do you have for them on um, like organizing protests? I would say make sure you, you're not afraid, you know, as an activist, there are going to be consequences, good or bad. And that's just reality. For example, you may get arrested. And that's just how life is, honestly. If you're afraid of, you know, putting yourself out there and knowing that, like, I may potentially be harmed and I may potentially be uncomfortable, you just got to deal with it and keep it moving. Because there could have been so many times where I'm just like, you know what, I'm done. I'm done. The second day I got out, I was teary-ass. I could have been like, oh, yeah. This is not for me. I'm done. But no, I'm still here, you know? We're not going nowhere. Yeah, I think it's also 
um, it's important that you really have everything thought out if you're looking towards planning an event. Um, me and Ashira can tell you firsthand, not sitting. We were literally still in school, and I was in classes like, okay, y'all, I can't really say nothing, but I'm listening to what you're saying. Go ahead and keep talking. I'm listening. I'm listening. And as we're trying to plan stuff with security and just figure out, like, all the small details, because there literally is so much that goes into planning an event, and you just always want to be prepared. Because not only is it, if you're planning an event, it's not only your life, but that's other people's lives, and you really got to just be aware of that. Um, And especially if you're having people come out for your cause for your movement you need to be very firm in what you want and what you want to see also remember like some things are out of your control people are going to do whatever they want the police are going to do whatever they want to do but you are only responsible for yourself and what you put together yeah that's kind of my best advice to you but if you want to do it go do it and don't let nothing stop you don't be fearful because for us like as Sherry was saying our lives don't just stop. We don't just get a break. We don't know what it's like to get up with, be able to process. So, shoot, if we don't, you don't either. Get out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super amazing. Yeah, I'm just curious. How did y'all get, like, connected with um, your security and your resources um, and people that, like, you're involved with or that you partner with in protests? Being out there since last May, you start seeing familiar faces, right? And this also plays into part who was there for the pictures and who was there for their little post, right? It's the same faces that I've been seeing since May that I'm seeing today. And building those relationships with others and, you know, getting in contact with them. I'll give a shout out to Iris. She definitely helped me, I would say, for the protests that I led. That's how I got in contact with security and medics and all that because it's much needed. And it sucks that we have to have our own security, you know? Why Why do we have to reach out to our community to protect us, right? It should be the what? The police, right? They're supposed to protect and serve, but look what we're doing, right? Yeah. I would say that's how I got my connections with security and medics. I've always seen them out, but I've never really like, you know, their job is to protect us, right? And medics, I've personally experienced having, you know, milk, all that stuff in your face, you know? So you just have to, you build that community, you build those relationships with others. And me having those connections with them, that's when I like provide it with our sitting. Yeah, I think same for me too. Just um, from being out there, you really start to talk to people. And definitely like the sitting, since we were out there, what, over 18 hours, we had a lot of time to talk with each other and really get familiar with the people. And I think a lot of the people who were at the sitting, I now have on social media if I didn't before so just by getting out there you start to really meet a lot of people and get this sense of community yeah definitely that's super important and um and yeah I mean it really tells you a lot about people when you know you're out there and you you see people um that are like there like they consistently are there and they show up and you know they're dedicated to what they're doing yeah that's super important Love it. I just wanted to add that, like, me and Araya had been to, like, the same event and didn't even know each other. Like, we met at a vigil and we started, like, talking about, like, oh, were you there when this happened? Or were you there in Aurora? Were you here in Denver? It's like, we probably saw each other, but never, like, you know, talk, which is great. Yeah, that's super funny. So what is something that um, y'all are excited for, you know, in this coming year? Like, y'all are, like, personally excited for? It doesn't have to be exactly related to, um, you know, Black Lives Matter. Well, just turned 18 and graduated from high school. So I would say that's pretty exciting. Um, You know, now I'm an adult legally. 
just to start that new chapter of my life, you know, not being a high school student anymore and officially being in the real world, if that makes any sense. I'm also looking forward to change in general. I'm also really hoping and praying that we don't have to hear another name. We still need to be out in the streets. I know, like, it. Uh, personally, I know, like, me, Rahma, and Arai can all agree, like, for the sit-in, we got to take a break. We all the way had to take a break, like, away from social media, from people. Just had to take time for ourselves. Yeah, I think, um... I'm just excited for my, like, I feel like this sounds so conceited, but I'm just excited for myself, like, um, because I've worked so much on myself and my goals, and I keep continuing to work towards the things I want, so I'm just excited to see just where life kind of takes me, and I'm just in this, like, position right now where, like, I'm not putting too much responsibility on myself just because I want to see where things go for myself and just where life takes me I'm not I'm just going with it you know (laughs) so I'm just excited to see where life takes me doing this and I'm gonna continue to just be out there protesting however I got to I'm excited for change as well I would like to see what happens with the Elijah McClain case I'm hoping for very positive a positive ending if not I'll just continue to be out there and that's just how it'll be (laughs) and yeah that's just it and I'm also looking forward to seeing the murderers of George Floyd because just because you got one there's still three others so we waiting yeah y'all are doing some super amazing things for the community and like thank you so much for joining us today and like talking with us about your experiences and everything today um it's been so amazing before we go though um I did want to ask one more question so you know museums such as MCA you know they're amazing places but there's a lot of work that you know MCA can do um so what advice do you have for museums and just like organizations in general um pretty much like I guess in general I think for me you know of course museums a lot of them highlight like the path but I feel like a lot of them you only get certain parts of history and not all of history, just like what they teach us in schools. They give you, oh, this and that and bits and pieces here and there. Um, So I just feel like it's important that museums take all those pieces in consideration and then also just continue to work on, like, occlusion, inclusion, I should say, of all races, genders, just all of that. And even, like, some of these people just from history who may be didn't like get enough attention as they deserve before rosa parks there was a rosa parks but her name wasn't rosa parks but you don't hear about that so i feel like it's important that museums like really highlight all of history and not bits and pieces i also agree i would say like african-american history has always been put in a negative way every time you think of that first thing is slavery that's the first thing we're taught in schools. when in reality, that's not true. We, and when you think of slavery, those are people that are enslaved, right? They're still people, right? They were still Africans that are native, you know? I would say definitely be more inclusive of that and to also think about what, what, um, how is this going to be interpreted? That's the beautiful thing about art. It can be interpreted different ways. Is it showing, for example, this specific of group of people in a good way? Not what America wants us to be viewed as, right? But as a people, true, America is built by enslaved Africans. You know, this land is native. And Native Americans aren't being amplified either. The fact that this is their land is <laughs> just the truth. Yeah, that's 
thank you so much for you know y'all's information and intelligence today and knowledge it's it's been really amazing thank you all for um listening to today's podcast about black lives matter and ashira and araya's experiences with the movement and yeah just thank you so much for listening